0: And three, two, one. Hello!
1: Hello! <laughs> hey! We're back!
0: <laughs> You're back!
1: <laughs> yes, ma'am.
0: Um, for one night only. This is a one-show event. This is an exclusive, one night only happening, cannot be replicated, will not be duplicated. Um Sunny is here! Hi everyone! Hey, Sunny's here! And I'm Yay. here, and we are here for uh, the third annual rendition of the Scary Talk Halloween Campfire. Um, this is not a yearly tradition set in stone, but yet it appears to be becoming one. So happy to be here, happy to have Sunny here. Hi Sunny, how are you?
1: Um, Actually, I'm coming off of a pretty stressful week, but other than that, in the grand scheme of things, I'm doing well. Um, not too stressed out, exercising. I've gotten into rock climbing, which I never saw for myself. Um, yeah, things are good. How about you?
0: That must be tough for you to do rock climbing because I know you are six, seven. So I don't know um, if it's easy for you to stretch your limbs in such a way that climbing is easy. I guess we'll if see, the rocks are... it makes it easier
1: because yeah. then I can just reach any hold that I need without having to jump, you know?
0: I guess I just maybe for rock climbing, you're right. Actually, I'm thinking of other sports where really tall people um, struggle because their uh, center of gravity is completely off balance. So like running, stuff like that, like sprinting, cross country, um, weightlifting. Oh, yeah, like
1: gymnastics. Gymnastics yes. never. It just couldn't work with my body, t- body type because I'm too like tall and skinny. Um, exactly.
0: And, like, and, you- and that's okay.
1: I accepted that I- early on.
0: You know, what What do they say? God doesn't deal, um, doesn't give with both hands. And in your case, yeah, you're certainly not the exception. It's truly a shame that you are tall and skinny and hot and blonde. But, you know, we all have to make sacrifices. And you just have to play the best hand you can with the cards that you were dealt. So,
1: No, exactly. Um, like, I just wake up every day remembering the things that I can be grateful for. Um, and right remembering <laughs> that my friends are kind enough to check their short non-blonde privilege um right but i'm assuming you only
0: i'm assuming you only think about these things when you wake up only after you've had your um first thing in the morning glass of hot water with lemon juice is that correct An apple cider oh it's a
1: glass of milk i don't know how you think i got to this height but no it's milk and then you know maybe i'll put lemon juice in it if i'm feeling just acidic. saying, that's a
0: great skinny hack that I've heard around. And since you're always so um, thin and fit and limber, I just, I figure that's what you were taking. But um,
1: yeah, I mean, anyway. the real trick is to um, eat celery. You know how they say celery has a negative amount of calories? Instead of like getting a diverse array of nutrients, I eat celery with peanut butter for about three meals of the day. Um, and then for my last meal, I have bone broth. I don't know if you've heard. Um, Creator of I, yeah, Goop. What is her name? She's uh, literally escaping yeah.
0: me. Gwyneth Paltrow. Uh, yeah, she literally Gwyneth recommends Paltrow, bone broth. She put yeah. me
1: on to just drinking broth instead of eating. And it's like I've never been more grateful it, or inspired.
0: And it works because you taste the essence of food, yet there is no food to be found.
1: Exactly. <laughs> <So> you, <laughs> and you you're full from any- the liquid, so you don't have to worry I'm just about
0: saying. It. Exactly. Genius. I, I just her power her mind is all i'm saying you know yeah thank you psa um, for
1: anyone listening please do not <laughs>
0: it's
1: like not. i don't know there's a lot of people with eating disorders out there i know there and i have like, been there like please be kind to yourself and eat a proper amount
0: i know Sense of humor is dry <laughs> and fucked and there are a lot of people with with ed so which just, just to be clear um we're not pro anna anyway um okay so let me tell you something that i am pro about though that i do want to talk about Terrible, terrible segue. Pro Britney. Need to talk about Britney Spears. That's really what I'm oh, trying yes.
1: to say. Yes, this is basically a Britney Spears podcast. This, this is Britney. Is Britney, Spears Britney
0: Spe- <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, frankly, I've kicked myself um, so many times uh, already for not being the podcast. That if you, if if people out there don't know, the Free Britney movement actually. Like, you know, had been around for a while, but really kick-started in, I think, 2018 or 2019 because of a podcast. Fun fact, for those of you who don't know. Uh, a podcast made by just two regular-ass average Joes, like you and I. Um, well, that it was you about,
1: and I who talked well, about like, <laughs> it and, and, meet, and started I, the whole right?
0: I wanted to be modest and not say that we opened the can of worms that was a free Britney movement. But, alas, <laughs> you're right. We did. Modesty is all... No, I I just wanted to say, um, it was a, it was a podcast. It was like these two people who like covered Britney stuff or like pop culture stuff every week. And, um, they had like a caller, leave them a voicemail. And this person was saying that they work with Britney Spears or like they work with her people and they could see that, um, she was constantly being handled, um, had no freedoms or liberties whatsoever. Uh, and the conservatorship was, yeah, essentially like limiting and, uh, Slavery. Not to be insensitive with that last term, but I think y'all get what I'm trying to say. Um so Britney Spears, Sonny, <laughs> um you know that I just finished um listening to uh the woman in me's audiobook because again, I am illiterate. Um but uh, alas, it Didn't still counts as reading yeah. the book. Do you and um, Lea Michelle
1: still keep in touch? Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, <laughs> fuck you, but also have you read the book <laughs>
1: <laughs> I have not read or listened to the book.
0: Okay, um I I do want to talk about this, but I don't want to go on an absolute diatribe, so I will try to keep it very concise. So uh, most of the details um that no. Uh a lot of stuff that has been talked about in the press uh is included in this book and is confirmed now to be true. I mean, in my eyes. We been knew like I been knew this shit was true. The the stuff that I touted as true turns out my psychic powers didn't fail me this time. Um, I was right, and but 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 to be honest, I don't think it was psychic. I think a lot of the stuff was pretty plain to see. Um, just from her behavior on social media, uh, how erratic it was that like, she would go from supporting a family member on like a project of theirs to then seemingly shading them only a couple days later. And that's because like Brittany's Instagram access was like constant, it was, it was very like, she'd sometimes have access to it. And sometimes it was like her team posting shit for her on her stuff, um, to sell stuff, promote stuff, which she didn't really want to do. Uh, but anyway, the book talks about all of her life. She essentially has this kind of retelling, this chronological retelling of her life from when she was a child to now. It's a pretty full picture. Um, pretty full picture, but pretty concise, mind you. The, audio, the audiobook, read by a mother, Michelle Williams, uh, is only five and a half hours long, which is actually not that long um and uh i listened at 2.5 speed because i have add and so for me it was like 30 minutes really um and uh anyway she talks about her life the conservatorship uh yes it uh fucking sucked there was a lot of forced labor um lest she risked losing custody of her children um it's it's just fucked it's just like fucked fucked i i mean I don't know. What do you is there a specific thing you want to know that maybe you're still unclear about because I, I I could probably tell you.
1: No, I had listened to a couple of excerpts. There was one excerpt where she was talking about the Gimme More performance at the VMAs mm-hmm. that so many people tore apart that mm-hmm. um she was just feeling so unwell about and I don't know, my heart goes out to her. It's crit- the other thing is on kind of an unrelated note, Give Me More is an insane banger. Like, all of the Blackout album, 2000, what is it, 7? Like, insanely good during a time where she didn't even want to be creating. So, I don't know, like, a cautious (laughs) kudos, I guess? I don't know.
0: It's funny that you would say that because in the book, she literally says that she actually was really excited to make... Um, blackout. There was a lot going on in her life, but at the same time, as much as as there was chaos, she was also enjoying the newfound freedom she found and um, not giving a fuck about what people thought about her anymore. Uh, and just enjoying her kids and enjoying her then marriage to Kevin Federline, and so she was she made she made this album uh, with the most creative freedom she ever had making any albums, and she says that she this is the 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 proudest she is of any album in her career. This is her favorite Whoa. piece of work of hers. Well, it's um, it's yeah.
1: definitely in contention for being my favorite. So. That's sick.
0: Yeah, I mean, basically, every bottom's favorite, Brittany Abbott. I mean, that's so, yeah, a lot of people's, fa- a lot of people's favorites. Um, <laughs> uh, bottoms allegations. I- I- I'll say, I know, yeah, I know. It's talacious of me to say, but uh, it's true. I will say, for me, it's femme fatale. And I know that sucks because uh, she barely mentions that album in the book. And I actually, I don't think she mentions it at all. And I'm pretty certain it's because that was during the era where it was, like, completely robot Britney autopilot. That This shit was basically done for her. And she just laid down her vocals. She had, like, no artistic... Um, she was not interested in doing that at all, nor Britney Jean, essentially, or Circus, barely. Um, so it's, I, I don't want to really say it out loud because I feel bad because I, I think, essentially, she was forced to record this album is what I'm trying to say. But Femme Fatale is a fucking banger album. I don't know. I don't know. I'm conflicted. Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> I mean, hello. Hello. I want to go till the world ends. Um, hold it against me. Anyway... Um, so yeah, she, she mentions blackout actually as, as loving that album and then being deeply confounded as to the fact that she was soon after that album was released placed under the conservatorship and um, being told that essentially she was uh, demented and that's why she needed conservators over her life and her finances and she was deeply confused by the fact that this was happening while at the same like while these people were arguing this about her they were also um, making her work. Uh, and go on world tours and shit. and also if she was so demented, she said, why like how come I just put out my most critically acclaimed piece of work? Uh, and like everyone loved it essentially like and she's right yeah, like, literally. It, 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 yeah it was fucking well, bullshit. yeah, yeah.
1: it's wild to think that Kanye West is out and about like just doing Let's his talk own about- thing. And Let's no, no one's going to like put him under a conservatorship when like uh, I'm just saying if we're if we're gonna, if we're gonna do it to anyone. Meanwhile, Brittany, having just made, yeah, yeah
0: yeah no that's a male privilege she touches on that a couple of times saying like mick jagger did crazy shit so many rockers did crazy shit steven tyler did crazy ass shit in his time so many men do crazy stuff and they do like coke and drugs and out and about and they abandon their children and they have like 10 baby mama like none of this matters none of these people get institutionalized and i know right um, nick
1: cannon yeah. on his 17th child or whatever <laughs> Maybe he should be that, institutionalized.
0: That man has been wilding out for the past 15 years and he needs to be institutionalized. That's all I'll say on that. <laughs> <laughs> poor everyone who's ever had to cross paths with... Poor Mariah Carey. My heart goes out to that woman. Um, yeah, a fucking mess. Um, charismatic, but a fucking mess. Um, and uh, yeah, and, and I will say... Actually, I'll say something a little controversial. I do think male privilege does play a part in this. I don't think that's even the majority of the reason though. Honestly, I think it's more so a case in by case basis and I think Britney just had a shit fucking family and uh, also didn't have as much of an incentive to or yeah, she not, not I was going to say as much of an incentive to fight back. It's more so she had too much of an incentive to not fight back because she didn't want to lose her children. Um, yeah. And so she essentially accepted the trapping in a sense because you really get the sense, given the narrative that she paints, that had she not had children at that time, if they try to do this to her, she definitely would have been like, "No, what the fuck? Hell no, fuck!" and like really try to make a ruckus about it, right?
1: Yeah. Um,
0: so not really, that that makes so yeah. much
1: sense. It's like a combo, right, of her being a woman, but also having a family that's willing to blackmail you over time with your children. That's a pretty yeah. specific <laughs> precondition to something like this.
0: Yeah, literal leeches. What did Wendy Williams say? Uh, shame on you, them. Mr. Spears. And shame on you oh, too, oh, Mrs. Yeah. Spears. You, ha- you all had me fooled. Death to all of them. And Chia was right.
1: Yeah. Um, I loved yes. her little face after she said that. Like, oh, who said
0: that? <laughs> oh, because the audience went, oh. <laughs> <laughs> But listen, she said what she said. Now, I I think I mentioned this to you already earlier and a couple of our friends. I do not wish the karma gods to smite me, so I'm not actively going to wish death on Britney Spears' family members. But Forever Jail would be a great second option. And boy, are these people fucking leeches, and do I fucking hate them. Um, Listening to this book, it is heart-wrenching and it is fucking jarring and michelle williams again your mother for narr for narrating this the way that you did she did a really good job britney spears says in the um in the prologue is, is it a prologue or epilogue prologue is when it comes first right yeah. um she says in the prologue of this book um you know i didn't want to read too much of this because it's too traumatic essentially and i already had to live through it writing it all so i'm gonna read to you like essentially this little piece of me being like when i was a little girl she she, re- she reads about Uh, like one and a half minutes of the audiobook and then the rest is Michelle Williams um so it's just like an intro by her and And, honestly um, I hope
1: that they employed a ghostwriter and Brittany just gave them you know summaries examples and that they did all the writing because that shit is traumatic and I genuinely Uh, would not blame her for it
0: I'm gonna assume that probably yeah, like there is a ghostwriter working with her. I don't know to what extent she wrote versus the ghostwriter wrote. I will say um, when you're when you're listening to it, at least you really get Britney's essence. Like a lot of it does sound written and punctuated in the way that she writes her Instagram captions. So mm. I'm I am inclined to believe that she did write a good portion of this, or that the ghostwriter is really good and actually achieved. Like, the goal of capturing her essence, even though she wasn't writing at all. One of, yeah. one of those two options. Yeah.
1: Or, or she wrote the whole thing, and then they put it through chat GPT for edits. You know? I,
0: honestly, honestly. Actually, I think I believe that one the most. I I mean, like, Britney Spears... <laughs> I've seen... Or, like, I don't know. I feel like there's pictures of this, or, like, maybe you've seen it in documentaries. Like, Britney it isn't does not have the best spelling or punctuation for stuff but she this woman loves sitting down on a fucking computer and typing um i feel like i've seen this many times um or, or at least have her talk about it and you can only believe what people tell you so i'm going to assume that she wrote it but yeah i mean for it to for it to like be fucking like publishing ready Britney Spears is not an author. She obviously had a lot of edits, at the very least, if not a ghostwriter, help her out. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That's the other thing, too, I guess, is talking about the preconditions for this whole situation is, like, she grew up as a kid in entertainment. Which is, like, you already get a lower quality of education a lot of the time, I feel, doing mm-hmm. homeschooling. Mm-hmm. Maybe, you know what? I don't actually Lea know. Michelle. So I, I can't speak Michelle. to that. But I, yeah, no, literally, I feel like... <laughs> Um just a family willing to like sell their child's life oh this this makes it sound like entertainment families suck, which I don't think is always true, but I feel like that's probably related right if you're if you've had your kid I mean... like doing things since they were baby baby and getting paid for it, maybe you just don't right. want that train to stop, you know, and you figure out how do you get that to extend into adulthood
0: well I mean if you have any any like modicum of success you certainly don't want it to stop because that means the money is good, right? Most people yeah. who try in the entertainment business, I'd say about 80%, 90% don't make it. But the 10% that do uh, make it, uh, ma- m- can make it relatively well. Like it- it's kind of um, the the entertainment business the entertainment industry to me seems kind of like an all or nothing kind of industry where you are there's no middle class in the entertainment industry is what I'm trying to say right so you either don't make it at all or you like make it relatively well and then there's like the ones at the very top who are like really making it like well um yeah. but there isn't well, a lot I mean, of in between
1: there are people who do like national commercials things like hand modeling I don't know the random like small things that they might make a decent but not grand income off of but yeah like with any big star it's kind of like you're doing it or you're not
0: i think i'm talking about celebrities right so like there are no Poor celebrities that are only rich celebrities, I would say, and then millionaire celebrities, and that's, and then Taylor Swift. Um, Although there are
1: celebrities who spend all their money until they're broke because they're not managing it well. That happens
0: too. Yes, but that doesn't count in what I'm saying because, like, that's because their spending habits fucking suck, not because they didn't get paid well or didn't get gigs.
1: Oh, yeah, Um, insane, insane income for sure.
0: So to your point, I think, like, if your child, if you start putting them in pageants and commercial ads and whatever, and and, or, like, shows, and they actually get, like, one gig, like, I don't know, they're in Modern Family now, and it's their first show, and they're not the lead, but they're in a big show, chances are, one, they're making good money, two, they're going to get more gigs, so you certainly do not want this train to stop. And so a lot of these parents actually do have an incentive to kind of, not give a lot of a fuck about their child's education slash development, and kind of do like sell them away to the industry. Not as bad or as literally as Britney's family did to her, but um, yeah, like entertain. Like what is it? Um, like yeah, and and showbiz parents are like an as a as a yeah, I think that's a term. Showbiz parents are a notoriously bad community of people overall. It's like, um, there are yeah, exceptions, Yeah, it's like
1: story recently, too. Right.
0: <laughs> right. Exactly. You're right. So, I, I, I would say, yeah, not all of them, but most of them, and that's the problem.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: <sighs> anyway, I've ranted enough. Um, <laughs> apologies. <Wow>. Words
1: <laughs> I never thought I would hear.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, I just, um... The book was really interesting. I'm excited she finally came out with all of this. I'm happy that she's free, that this fucking 13-year-old nightmare is over for her. Um, yeah, like, I just, I don't know. I love Britney. She means a lot to me and to a lot of gay people for a number of different reasons. And I'm just happy for her. And boy, what a fucking trip.
1: Right. Yeah, I agree.
0: Um, anyway, Sonny. I want to ask you something. I <laughs> think Yes, I know. Amen. I want to ask you something. Yeah, Um, I know you. You did not take the time out of your very busy schedule to um, uh, listen or read uh, Britney's audiobook, but have you listened to 1989's Taylor's version?
1: I haven't. Okay, I have a close friend who's a huge Swiftie, and Mm -hmm. she was making a presentation on Taylor Swift and asked me for my feelings on her in one sentence, and I stated, "Yes." (laughs) (laughs) I said i'm glad that she's a woman sharing and writing about her feelings and getting proper hype but i do not personally or sonically connect with her music and that is where i stand i'm so sorry but um, tell me about it
0: (laughs) you should have just you should have just stopped that um i'm glad that she's a woman and that should have (laughs) been that would have been way funnier um uh no i don't have much to say about it actually um i like taylor swift I'm not a Swifty. I'm not a stan. I would consider myself a mild fan now, especially after I went to see her on uh tour, which I know sounds uh, oxymoronic. Like, oh, why um, spend hundreds of dollars on ERA's tour if you weren't even, because I thought it would be a once in a lifetime experience and I was right. And I don't think you have to yeah. be a stan in order to justify that. I just like yeah. concerts.
1: That tour is making history, 100%.
0: Um, guess who I went with, by the way, Shannon, um, everyone. Um, and I think she kind of is becoming a Swifty. So go bully her online, please. Um, okay. but, um, she, you know, she's been, uh, re-recording her shit, her albums, 1989, her version just came out, um, last night. And all I'll say is there's a, I, I wanted to, I wanted to talk about this because I find it interesting, but I also don't want to spend a ton of time on it. All I'll say is that there's a production issue here. Uh, her vocals sound great you know, all this shit sounds crisp, but because she is re recording this on her own, kind of like in her own studio or who knows what, and not really trying to own the whole thing and not give parts um, of it away to like greedy producers, because of this, she didn't have Max Martin come back, who's like a pop legend, um, come back and reproduce her re-recordings of 1989 and because apparently he like, from what I've read online, he likes taking songwriting credit, uh, which is apparently like a good chunk of money, even though he sometimes doesn't really write, but instead only produces the music. And Mm -hmm. Taylor doesn't like that because she like values songwriting a lot. And so she doesn't want to give it away if she doesn't feel it's actually merited. Um, And so she didn't have him come back, but that meant that all of the songs on that album that are like punchy, Um, yeah, sound like shit. (laughs) Uh,
1: sorry, everyone.
0: I I, I expect someone to come and slit my throat tonight in my sleep, frankly, like the Swifties (sighs) will find me, but new romantics out of the woods, uh, style, especially brother. Um, and fucking, uh, uh, oh, how you get the girl. They sound like shit. I'm sorry.
1: You know what? That brings up a really good point because... I don't know all the details, like maybe there's other issues with Max Martin. But from what you said, like producers deserve some amount of songwriting credit, in my opinion, 100%. Because what makes the punchy songs? The production. And not only that, but producers are actively coming up with like, oh, let's play this little triad here in the background. Like they are actively adding embellishments to the song that make the song what it is. Like writing a melody and a poem is not is not actually a full pop song in like this day and age um
0: right especially yeah especially if it's really really actually pop music right so yeah writing the poem and writing the melody like thinking of the melody in your head writing that down is a song if you're talking about folklore or evermore her acoustic ass folk ass albums like yes and those are to people who like that genre i wouldn't know because i don't like it so i never got it uh, th- to people who like them, those are like pretty, pretty like critically acclaimed. Like they, they, they think she did a great job on those, so I'm gonna believe them. Uh, but girl, what I know, what I know <laughs> is pop music, and before I this is a true fact before i ever got interested in the lyrics of songs when i was like 18 for years of my life before that essentially from a child to being 18 i literally couldn't have ever cared less what the fuck a song was about never i never listened to the lyrics of a song i only knew what it sounded like and if i didn't like how it sounded i didn't like the song
1: right and, like the beat dude producers right. are out here yeah yeah
0: no go ahead go ahead finish your thought
1: <laughs> well just yeah i feel like just the beat like um i don't know i could think of a couple people who i think are more production oriented that are just like doing it in that realm and it sounds really good like k Tronada or someone um charlie
0: xcx like yeah yeah
1: and you deserve uh, production or deserve credit for that wait does charlie produce her own music
0: uh, I think she co-produces, but a lot of the stuff is produced by someone else. A lot of her earlier stuff, which gay people love, her hyper-pop era was made by A.G. Cook. Um, oh, yeah. And, okay,
1: A.G. Cook. Yeah.
0: yeah, yeah. And she she's someone who I don't think would ever undervalue the, not to be redundant, but the value of a good producer. And I don't know if she gives her people songwriting credit, but you said earlier what I was thinking, which is, yeah. I don't know about Max Martin. He might be a monster, but one, I really don't think so. He's no Dr. Puke. And number two, um, yeah, like I totally agree. Like, I'm sorry if it's f- folk music, sure, whatever. But if it's pop music, literally the production of it is, like, it's, it's just part of the songwriting. Like, its just, it, it makes the essence of the fucking song. Like, when I listen to New Romantics by Taylor Swift, which is my favorite song by hers. Um, so now everyone who's a Swifty listening to this has an idea of what I mean when I say I like pop music. Like, Taylor Swift mostly makes really most of her songs quantitatively are actually slower and not punchy um and yet that's my favorite song of hers um when I listen to that the original version I am like oh wow lyrics are good it you know exudes the the feeling of being youthful and free or whatever but the production is what it's like it you feel it vibrate inside your fucking body. If you're someone who likes dance music or pop music and yeah. to not have that in this new version at all, it like really brings it to the forefront. Like, like she's wrong about this. Like she went about this the wrong way, at least for someone like me, uh, yeah, like why yeah. not
1: hire a yeah. new producer who's willing to take on less of the credit or something? You know.
0: Uh, I mean, she did. She had someone else. I can't. I can't remember his name. Um, it's uh, mm. It's uh, It's not her usual collaborator. It's not. Um, it's not Jack Antonoff. But it was. It was someone else. Come and try to reproduce what Max Martin made. Um, and it just, it, yeah, it, it sounds like that. It sounds like a, like a cheaper reproduction. It sounds like the kids Bop version of the instrumental of the original songs. Um, this has gone on way too long, but it's just because I love music and I love music production. Like, again, I never cared about lyrics until I did. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's fucked. But um, love Taylor, sending her love. Um, don't kill me. Um, anyway. <laughs> Sunny. <laughs> Um, before we, before we delve into this Halloween campfire, because this is absolutely a podcast about the spooky and the paranormal, um, and totally not about pop culture phenomena. I want to, before we delve into that, know what's up with you. Um, I heard the grapevine that you are maybe moving.
1: Yes, but actually the city I was planning on moving to, I mean, it it could probably be revealed with like a news search, but they Mm. have put on a hiring freeze. Um... Mm. I know. So, I may still be able to get so my not job hiring... through other...
0: They're not hiring janitors in Chicago anymore?
1: They're not hiring anyone who's not entirely essential to, like, public health. Um, Damn. Yeah, so... <laughs> oh my god, okay, I had a full thought there. But basically, I'm doing it through this <laughs> fellowship. They're trying to find other sources of funding. We'll see if it works mm-hmm. out. But if it doesn't work out, I am totally fucked because this fellowship literally told us our start date would be October 30th. I turned in my Mm -hmm. two weeks' resignation, right? My two weeks' notice. And then they only told me a few days ago, essentially, that this shit was going down. Um, And that, like, it's all in the air and they can't give me any guaranteed timeline on when they'll figure it out either. That seems very
0: unprofessional. Like, what? Like, no, make sure that the program works before you tell people to fucking quit. What the fuck? Like
1: No, exactly. And like they also place so much emphasis on like once you accept your position uh, or like once you even basically fill out the matching form saying like who you're interested in, you should consider that a commitment to doing the fellowship. Like they uh, uh yeah. Anyways, I'm very frustrated with that, but we will see how it works out because Okay, the other thing is the hiring freeze is out of their control, but it's been in the news cycle for a couple months. Like, I looked it up, and there had been news pieces since September about it, which I didn't know about because I didn't think I had to research that, given I was getting these jobs through a fellowship. Um, But, yeah, they clearly didn't research it either because they didn't even let me know until, like, a week after I had accepted the position. Um, Yeah. Dude, this
0: fucking sucks. What the fuck? I didn't know about this. Yeah.
1: Thank you. I appreciate it because I've been, like, really angry and anxious about it and just unsure, like, what to do with all of that other than, you know, fucking go rock climbing, I guess. I'll, like, fall off <laughs> some walls and bru- bruise myself. Um, Which,
0: again, you'll be great at because you're so tall and lame and skinny. But um, No,
1: exactly, yeah. Um,
0: but uh, that fucking sucks. What the fuck? That is so unfair to you. Um, I still think 1989 Taylor's version is worse than what's happening to you, but I'm so sorry for you. <laughs>
1: I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Um, yeah. But yeah, so the update is maybe I will have a new job. Maybe I will be unemployed. Homeless. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, you know what? Me. The nice thing is I'm living with family and enjoying it. Like, you know, right, right, I right. just hang out and, you know, I'll just cook to pay pay my dues. So. I know. Well, no what
0: is, <laughs> we'll cook for rent. Like,
1: no, literally what? like, like I'm, I'm a house daughter right now, not a housewife, uh, yeah. you know, <laughs> but so it's, it's fine.
0: You heard it her, you heard it here first, folks. Uh, Sunny's update is either um New job soon or new cardboard box soon. And you know what? I'm crossing my fingers for either of those because while one of those is far unfortunate than the other is, they're both interesting and they both sound like great content. And I know you've been on TikTok lately. And I'm just saying, if you completely fall off the bottom, if things go really south, you could always um, start doing TikToks about living in a box. Uh, The engagement would be through the roof. I know this, so.
1: You're so right. It's like, here's how I tune my guitar while I'm living in a shack. Um. (laughs)
0: Okay real real for a second no joking i was talking to shannon recently and um i told her i showed she had no idea about the um TikTok npc live people uh, for those oh, of you that damn. don't know um well for those of you who don't know fuck you get in the loop but basically <laughs> but basically sunny you know what i'm talking about
1: <laughs> yes yes they're um, so disturbing
0: they, they are cunt. I don't know what you're talking about. I love them. I watch them all the time. My brain is rot. Like, I, I'm i pudding, right? Um, I'm cooked, essentially. And, uh... It, 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 and essentially, I told Shannon recently, I told her about this. I showed her in person. She had no idea. She was shook because she's 79 years old and she just could not comprehend this. And uh, I told her to start doing it. And no, she did not start doing it. That's not where this is going. But um, I think maybe she considered it for half a second. And that was just enough for me. That was so funny to see her reaction to this shit. For those of you that don't know, actually, go go look it up. But it's fucking people on TikTok pretending like they're an NPC, like in like in GTA or something, for hours and hours at a time. And then essentially getting what are equivalent to cash gifts from people who are watching them live. It is so debasing and humiliating, but also very contina. And I kind of want to do it, and I want money.
1: You should do it. Actually, maybe I should do it too. Well, we should okay, do it together or something. I submitted my two weeks, so I'm going to have at least a <laughs> couple weeks of being unemployed even if right. I do end up transitioning to this job. And maybe this is my chance to launch my TikTok career. Or other big news that you're not going to understand because you're not a gamer girl like I am. Mm-hmm. I hit Diamond and TFT more recently, <sighs> Teamfight Tactics, um, under the umbrella of like League of Legends, the PC game. Mm-hmm. And that means... Well, okay, I hit Diamond a while ago. I'm now like, high plat. I'd have to put in some time to get back. But it means being in like the top 1% to 2% of players. And I think that is a place from which i could wear um revealing clothing and a pair of kitten headphones um and maybe have a promising career you know um
0: dude you could totally be one of those twitch girls like they make bank like fucking do it that sounds like listen i yes (laughs) i don't know why i'm so excited about this but also imagine like
1: my dad gets off of work early and comes home and i'm at his fucking desk in a pair of no in a bathtub (laughs) Oh, in a bathtub oh, going like, who's, who's going to bid <laughs> for the next cup of water? Like, oh, oh, my God.
0: Uh, It's it's weird for me, like, watching that because I'm in a weird intersection, right? Like, I'm a man. So, uh, like, I feel like it's easy for me to adopt misogyny at any turn if things go awry enough for me. But also, I'm gay and I love women. And, and so it's like I see this, you know, as, they're, as they are no- nominally known t- uh, Twitch thoughts. And I'm like. <laughs> I think two things, right? One, I think, like, ew, like, fuck postmodernism. But also, I'm like, the world sucks anyway. Nothing matters. Make your coin. If I had boobs like that, I'd probably do the same thing. So... No, and, like... I, I, yeah.
1: As a bisexual woman, I'm like, the Twitch thoughts are adding... They're adding something to the world, okay? They're hot. It's how culture moves forward. Yeah, yeah. Like... I, I appreciate it. I have never paid for content from a Twitch Thought, but if I had enough extra income and I was like, am I going to donate $10 to this charitable organization in the Global South monthly or am I going to spend $10 um, getting access to the OnlyFans account of a Twitch Thought that I enjoy? It's like, the choice would be tough. The choice would be tough. I know.
0: Um, and, I and then I would spend I also... the rest of my
1: money on a Bugatti, you know?
0: Um, As you should. I will say that I agree with you. I also have never spent money on uh, anyone on Twitch for that matter. Um, And I really appreciate that because I'm already broke from spending $150 on OnlyFans every month. And so I. And from going to
1: the Eras tour when you weren't originally a Swifty?
0: Yeah, yeah, well, you know, that was 3000 down the drain. But mostly the OnlyFans that I think is breaking my bank. And a uh, complete joke, mm-hmm. by the way. There's no fucking way I'd spend $3,000 on I knew, on, on Taylor, on Taylor Swift. About the OnlyFans, I'll let you guys decide if that's a joke or not. Um, but, have, okay, uh, have
1: you ever paid money for porn? I think that's such an interesting...
0: Have I ever paid money? Yes, I have. Never an OnlyFans. This was like years ago. uh, And it was a very specific site. uh, And I was, I don't know, gooning and baiting and losing my mind, I guess. And that's why I spent money on porn. But I've never done it again. I just, it's not that valuable to me.
1: Yeah. I have come close for like, oh, I've like seen this person (laughs) multiple times. You've
0: come close? (laughs) (laughs)
1: damn i feel like a boomer for laughing at that but um (laughs) but but have not but you know it's Hmm. something i think about sometimes you know but like what what
0: what you came close for who like like what what was it what was it that was so enticing about this creator that you were like oh my god i'm about about to do it
1: i don't think i can share (laughs) <laughs> I don't think i can go into that kind of detail uh, that's funny, that's but funny, that's i will funny, say funny. Yeah, i was like a specific creator it's like i've seen enough from them to be like should i go behind the paywall and then it was like no i don't think that's worth it
0: interesting i'll share my thing for me it was um a kind of amateur porn that it just i had i think at the time gotten so tired of studio stuff uh and i um wasn't finding amateur stuff that i liked or thought was it's almost like the amateur stuff was too amateur and the studio stuff was too like clinical and well lit and and sanitized and so i wanted something kind of in the middle um and that's what this side was yes so um having exposed uh my sexual taste maybe we should talk about something spooky (laughs)
1: <laughs> now that we're um, forty minutes in, I think this might be a new record for the amount of time we spent just stalling, oh, talking about random shit.
0: It absolutely is. But to be to be to be fair, we 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 haven't caught up in a long time, and um, we are making what now a, an episode a year, if that, if we even feel like fucking doing so. So who cares? It's fine. We'll go over a little bit. Um, let's let's do some spooky stuff, Sonny. Let's hell yeah. Um,
1: let's give. Can you give, hear um, the like spooky banging in my background?
0: Uh, oh my yeah, god! Stop!
1: <laughs> it stopped once I mentioned it. <laughs> um, <Ooh. laughs> wait, okay. Because the thing is, I've been staying with family, and this house fucking creaks and makes sounds for no reason all the time. And when I tell you, like, I've literally taken a break from from marijuana because I'm like, I cannot afford to be the slightest bit more paranoid than I already am while living in this house, working from home alone all the time. Anyways, that is yeah.
0: I I um I actually don't have a joke. I'm I'm sorry for you because I, I think that shit would freak me out too. If only because I um I don't remember how much paranormal stuff you say you've experienced, but I think it would freak me out a lot because because I've never experienced anything. Like actually that's why. Um mm. and and so I am sorry for you. That fucking sucks. I'm really sorry, Sonny. Um on wow. that thank note... you. You
1: sounded more sincerely sorry about that than me possibly being unemployed. <laughs> Well,
0: <laughs> listen, cause I've been there, been there, done that, you know. Um, and and you'll be fine. You'll be fine. You're you're uh, you're smarter and hotter and blonder and skinnier than I am, so you'll be fine if you're unemployed, girl. I was fine. I mean, fine. I'll
1: accept all of those things as being true. So, uh,
0: but being haunted, I don't know. I feel like we'd both be kind of fucked for a bit. I'd be fucking scared. Listen. Um, I want to segue into something really quick before we go into the stories. The reason I think I felt such sincere empathy in that moment was because literally just last night, um, no, I did not have my first paranormal experience, but what I did have was this really weird thought where I've been getting more recently into the idea that, like, maybe interdimensional beings exist around us at all times, and so last night I was going down the stairs, uh, in my house. I was going down to the first floor to the kitchen, and I was, um, I was, like singing and dancing and shaking my ass or whatever. And I literally stopped for a second and thought to myself, what if someone's watching me right now? Like not even like a devil or like a demon or a ghost or just like, Again, what if interdimensional beings are real? There's someone else existing in this in this plane, just, like, in a parallel dimension. Like, in my house, literally. Like, an, like, another version of, like, a parallel version of, I don't know, say, my brother or something. And he is watching my ghost in his dimension shake ass. Like, that's so embarrassing. So, I stopped shaking ass.
1: <laughs> Stop. That's actually I'm so serious. funny. Wait, but <laughs> if you're, like, shaking ass and they have to deal with it, like, that's on them, you know? Like, don't <laughs> let them steal your joy, honestly. And
0: it didn't even paranoid for a second. I think eventually the way I resolved that was by being like, well, if I can't see them, why would they be able to see me in their dimension, right? Like, you No, know,
1: that's, so, that's so real, though. Yeah.
0: Um, oh, anyway. Well, okay.
1: <laughs> Unrelated, but I was researching stories for this today. And, uh-huh. of course, you know, I'm just home alone, like, all the time. So I'm reading these stories. I'm home alone. And I wasn't really thinking that they had affected me, but I had to go out to my car to grab something. Mm -hmm. and when i walked out to my car there was this lady walking her dog across the street and i had just read a story that involved a dog and she like waved Mm -hmm. to me the way i didn't do anything in response i was like (laughs) i was like i'm about to fucking die this this woman with a dog is gonna i don't know attack and like take off my skin and wear it as her own or some shit um
0: must have thought like Damn, I gotta move out of this fucking whack-ass city.
1: I know, she's probably like... Plus, I was in... Okay, I wear the most whack outfits at home alone, right? I'm here in, like, fucking athletic shorts and, like, a cropped sweater wearing mismatched socks. I'm literally walking outside in my mismatched socks on my way to grab stuff from my car. She, like, sees me and I don't respond to her. She's probably like, what the fuck?
0: You just just stare vacantly. You don't even raise an arm. You start drooling from one side of your mouth. (laughs) children of the corn yeah um yeah (laughs) that's funny uh i actually don't empathize with that uh i think only because no like i mean i feel bad for you what i mean is that that doesn't happen to me only because i think out of you know shannon and you and even the rest of our friend group really pretty much anyone i know i'm the person that consumes i'm the i'm the only i'm the person who consumes the most horror content that i know and so it doesn't face me like that anymore. I think what would face me was like finally having my first paranormal experience for the first time. Not that I'm hoping that happens. That's not what I mean by finally. I feel
1: like for the um, amount of times you've mentioned it, like you're on the edge of your seat. Like we're we're just we're just girls <laughs> in high school discussing when we're gonna learn to lose our virginities. You know.
0: I I know, and it's it's weird because obviously part of that it, part of me is like. <sighs> I mean, I've I've talked about this, like, I really hope nothing like that ever happens to me, because even though I wouldn't, it wouldn't shake my belief system, because I really believe in this stuff. uh, It would still freak me out for a while. And I don't really want to deal with that. But it would be an interesting validation, wouldn't it? Because as much as I believe in it, I will admit there is a 10% in me that is like, you have no proof, Andre, really, fully, for some of the things you believe in, unlike other people who have had these experiences. So, like, it would be, like, locking it in for me. You know what I mean? Um, that makes
1: sense. I, like feel experiencing very much, like, yeah. I feel very much agnostic about most things supernatural, where I'm, like, a lot of these things can't be proven, but they can't be disproven. I will say the reincarnation episode that we made shook me the most. Because I really? did not know. I think it's, like, the University of Virginia or something literally has mm-hmm. an entire graduate program dedicated to studying it. And, like, there mm-hmm. was one specific dude who had years and years of, like, research and recorded interviews about reincarnation experiences. And that really threw me for a loop. Actually, just talking about it makes me want to dive into the rabbit hole again. I probably will after this. Um, but, yeah, That's as someone who's, like, pretty neutral on most paranormal things where I'm, like, I, I don't actively believe it, but I'm also not, like, I, I don't think there's a way to disprove most of these things. Um, mm. Yeah, yeah. That, I think, maybe shook me the most, was the reincarnation episode.
0: I did not know that. I didn't know that. Interesting. Um, this reminds me of something... Uh, I just saw this documentary called After Death at the movies, actually just yesterday. And it, it turned out to be uh, this like thinly veiled attempt to, uh, but like the filmmakers to make the audience Christians, to like convert them into Christianity, essentially. And I should have known because um, it said somewhere in the poster or something that it was from the producers of Sound of Freedom. Um, so like, eh, but uh, but I still, I I think knowing that Going in, I still wanted to watch it because the trailer seemed like, oh, no, we still, like, cover a number of perspectives. But I think once I was 35 minutes into it, that's when they really, like, started to lay it on heavy. And I was like, eh, like, fucking boring. But, you know, like, beside that angle, the actual stuff they were saying and some of the people they had talk uh, in that documentary Was some really interesting shit. And it was about people who have near death experiences who um, get in a fucking, I don't know, car crash or like a pilot in a plane crash. And for the next five minutes after they've crashed and essentially are clinically dead, they see their bodies from above. They're hovering over their bodies. I'm sure you must have heard shit like this. And, or like people who are in hospital rooms and they see themselves being um, resuscitated with the fucking, you know, the, the, like the thumping machine, that thing. Um, And, yeah, and, and all of these experiences are being recorded by like um, a number of scientists that work at a number of like somewhat renowned universities. And um and the the commander right before it gets like super Christian on you does go over the work that some of these people have done, sometimes for decades, and how a lot of these NDEs, these near the near the near death experiences do share a ton of similarities and how they're recounted by the people. Um it's always there's always some kind of hovering, there's always a an out of body experience where they can see themselves dead um they always want to they always see a light usually it's really interesting stuff i think i mentioned before personally i do believe in reincarnation um so much so i think it's i mean if i had to bet i would say it is the definite thing that probably does happen to all of us when we die or at least most of us um um yeah i don't know i'm, I'm sure some part of that is wishful thinking but the rest is just earnest i i just i think that's probably what's up
1: yeah i think the theory that like what you are reincarnated as depends on how good of a person you are is so fun like the idea (laughs) that you could be looking at a worm and it's like oh you were a ceo in a past life you know it's like looking (laughs) looking at my ex
0: right now oof
1: (laughs) (laughs) so fun very okay added layers to that because i do have a dead ex um oh But he was lovely, so I'm sure he wouldn't be a worm, you know. Maybe I would be yeah, looking he, at like an elephant <laughs> or something.
0: He reincarnated um, into like uh like a like a Labrador that's like in a loving home right now or something.
1: No, exactly. Um, like I genuinely yeah. feel like that should be above humans in you know the the, the I lineup agree. of things that you could be. Although you have so little control as an animal, because if you get a shitty owner, like you could just be thrown around and. In a
0: very short lifespan, yeah. I think that if the reincarnators, whoever's in control of this, could control for how good of an owner you get once you get adopted, then yes, it's a better deal than being a human being. But if they can't control for that, then yeah, I think it could be a shit deal. I'd rather just deal with being a human and take my own chances. At least I have control over my own life, mostly, you know?
1: Yeah. 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 Although, you know, that's uh, with the downfall of our democracy, maybe that will be less and less true sorry i know
0: also i think (laughs) i don't know how the fuck they did this but i think scientists recently proved um that free will is now absolutely for sure for certain not a real thing which is great i I think i remember reading that and then thinking to myself like so i still have to go to work tomorrow like (laughs) does it change anything (laughs) it's just crazy reading (laughs) huge shit in the news and then, and then thinking, like, like, I think I, t- I sent you, I sent to the group chat today, the to thing about, like, on. we Andre... just discovered that there's an under underground ocean under the Earth's crust, and there's, like, enormous ocean, and I just thought to myself after I saw that, like, do I still have to pay rent? Like, does it literally, <laughs> like, or when the government was, like, <laughs> he, like, aliens maybe are real, here's all this Pentagon footage of pilots recording UFOs, and it's like, yeah, but, you know, like, democracy is still collapsing, and I still gotta pay rent, and I still gotta go to work. So no, literally,
1: like, literally, it's like, it's, it's like... so...
0: Oh, yeah, the, the
1: permafrost weird. is melting and we're going to see diseases that we have no immunities to because it's been hundreds of thousands of years. And it's like, oh, Another my God, I can't wait to. Yeah, <laughs> literally, literally, can't wait to fucking wake up and make my little daily coffee <laughs> and go and do my shitty little tasks and send my emails and pretend I'm doing work while I watch YouTube. Like, I think, I think I would
0: care more about this huge news. if every time there was like a huge news thing, they were like. It actually, like, changed the world, right? Or, like, politicians were, like, politicians were, like, this is so huge that we're actually going to i don't know change the way the world works. Now, um the turns we just discovered some huge thing is happening and the world is ending maybe in 50 years question mark because of global warming. Um we have all just collectively agreed to introduce universal basic income now. You're welcome. Like I think, you know what I mean? Like
1: Yeah, yeah, it is so yeah. interesting because it feels like that should happen, right? It's like right. in the 70s when they discovered global warming, there should have been an immediate oh we'll we'll scale back, which actually there has been as an example, like a lot of hairsprays were depleting the ozone layer, which was super dangerous, and um mm-hmm. you know skin cancer, everything else, and there's mm-hmm. immediate political response that like outlawed certain types of um like aerosols, and mm-hmm. our ozone mm-hmm. layer has since not gotten worse. I don't know if it's gotten better, but it has not gotten worse mm-hmm. um and it's so crazy because it's like, why doesn't that happen all the time? And the simple answer is, like, corporate interests, right? Because gas companies knew from the 70s, based on research, what was going to happen. And they actively put so much money into lobbying to make sure that there was no political response and that our world would just be put in this, like, state of paralysis. And then those CEOs are just going to sit on all their fucking money and not deal with any of the consequences while people in, like, the global South are super affected and, like, don't have funds because they've been, like, Colonial, colonialized. I don't know. the Colonized. Holy shit. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Like, I actually can't think of anything more evil, and it's just kind of crazy that that's where we're at. Like, yeah. And then people. And and then it's like, and and now I'll wake up tomorrow and (laughs) and do my thing. I guess.
0: I, I think the problem with this is that it, the the reason this makes me feel weird is I think because it gives me cognitive dissonance. Right. It's like apocalyptic news. But then I still have to worry about this everyday stuff, so it makes me think that maybe the apocalyptic news is fake, or maybe it is real, but I am being asked to to just be a detached human being, because how could I possibly entertain both of these thoughts at the same time without detaching? You can't. You have yeah. to essentially be like, well, it doesn't affect me, so... You know, I guess maybe fuck everyone else who's like in the global south, I guess. Like but but that I think yeah. desensitizes you and makes you less of an empath and less of a human. But it's not my fault. Like what the fuck much can I do? Like
1: No, exactly, exactly. And the thing is, like, there are small actions we can take. I really mm-hmm. believe in like bottom up change being required sometimes. Like like I think vegetarianism is great and we've talked about that. But mm-hmm. yes. I, while I'm very willing to admit that as an ideal, it's like I'm waiting for someone to pass a fucking law that says I can't eat beef. OK, like and no, I'll accept no. it. I won't even be mad about it. But
0: I totally am know i about you mean, to do that radical. right now,
1: given convenience. And also the fact that I don't want to have to incorporate fucking lentils and beans into my diet every day to get proper protein.
0: Right. Like, right.
1: I don't want to do that. I'm sorry. That sounds labor intensive. No, but I agree
0: with you 100%. And and if someone introduced the law and, like, took the power from my hands, I know this is a weird concept to a lot of people who are like, no, I want to have total control, control over everything. That Nah. Like, we don't have control over we get to wear a fucking seatbelt or not and no one complains about that anymore like you know yeah. what i mean like people first yeah. complained about that fucking 60 years ago or whatever but Where's people now right realize, like,
1: fucking die like okay exactly
0: now they're like oh no this was a good idea to require people i think i think most people agree this is a good thing that the government forces us to wear seatbelts i think this is a much more radical thing to say because we live in 2023 but i'm trying to really think futuristically here i know this sounds super fucking pretentious but i agree with sunny i think that there maybe is a future where the government is like meat is just completely outlawed in first in first world nations that can uh uh, that can um uh fuck that can't afford to create lab um meat uh, which people freak out about, but it's, 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 the same, it's the same fucking thing. It's real meat. Um, or, like, meat alternatives that are perfectly fine. And I think the reason this, some people, sound so fucking, like, uh, dystopian and apocalyptic and authoritarian is because, like, they're going to make us eat the soy. It's, like, soylent is made out of people. And it's, like, do you realize what's in a slice of pepperoni? Like, it's, <laughs> it's literally, like, cancer. Uh, it, 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 like, th- if you eat... You know, some fucking, like, brand, like, FDA-approved lab meat that is literally made from the same fucking cells that the meat would be made if you actually fucking killed a cow for it. Literally nothing's going to happen to you. All that's going to happen is the same thing that happens to you when you do eat a cow, which is, frankly, all the negative effects of already eating beef. Which, again, is not great for you, even if it is lab-grown. Like, it's like, it's not great uh, yeah. health-wise um the the obviously you know the only benefit of the lab grown meat uh is mostly for the environment but health-wise since it's actual real meat at the end of the day it still has all the downsides right the inflammation the saturated fats like yes it has protein but you know, a lot of vegans that care about um, veganism for health's sake, not so much for the environment's sake, talk about the fact that the reason they don't eat a lot of animal products is because most of them cause inflammation. And they're right, but we're getting way fucking off track. Um, I do agree with you that, like, bottom-up change is important, but what I was going to say was that even if everyone became vegan, Sunny, that, like, that is such a small drop in the bucket compared to first-world countries passing actual, like, Good legislation that is like, hey, Coca Cola and Ford and GM, you can't pollute the atmosphere by one trillion tons of CO two per second. Like that really would make a change. You know what I mean? Well, I think
1: the ideal would be both because if everyone were vegan, that would make a super significant change to like the amount of methane that cows produce, right? Because there'd be no demand and far fewer of them would be around. But like, yeah, that wouldn't take away from what corporations are still doing in other areas. Um, Right yeah so i I feel like the ideal is to do both and so many people act like it has to be one or the other like i should have zero personal responsibility for this it's like it's okay to admit like i think individuals could be making more of a difference than we are i also think given the way capitalism is set up where you have to work so much and Mm -hmm. be so isolated and like not like i don't know so many of the goals of capitalism are like isolating people so that they can't live in community and like think about you know trying for a better system Mm-hmm. I there, like so many people are super anxious depressed like i don't know i i get not doing a lot of these things but i think it's okay to admit that in an ideal world maybe more of us would or we'd have more of a collective sense around that being the right thing to do um yeah, yeah. no
0: that, that that's fair um i no that's fair and um I, I, what I meant earlier with the pepperoni wasn't I wasn't talking about pepper just, by the, just just to clarify something I was talking about pepperoni because it's meat what I meant to say was like you don't want to eat lab-grown meat look at the ingredients in a fucking four loco look at the ingredients in like a bag of like ruffles queso like and you don't you're scared of a lab-grown meat girl that's what I was trying to say um, oh no
1: 100% that's always like
0: yeah right anyways
1: um, now that we've covered our and, spookiest topics this was,
0: <laughs> anyways thank you for coming on Sunny this was a great episode <laughs>
1: The way this has actually been an episode (laughs) late. And how do we always end up back at veganism, Andre? Because it's 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 funny because neither of us are vegan. vegan No, Neither either. of us are
0: vegan but like we truly believe in its merit like uh, like earnestly i really do that the problem yeah. is that the yeah. I have so many incentives to not engage in it in a meaningful way obviously I eat a lot less animal products than I did you know years ago when I was when I was a teenager cuz like I I really get the message now right but I still yeah. eat some and so it's yeah, like Yeah and I yeah. agree
1: with that too you know what I have overall reduced my meat intake by a decent amount um so Yeah, yeah, on both of us for that, you know? That counts for something. Also,
0: again, not... Not a pro-ED podcast. Just everyone shut the fuck up. It does help you stay thin. Uh, Just gonna say, milk, whole milk, even 2% milk. uh, You know, I love milk. I love milk. Big issue. (laughs) Um, uh, Plant-based milks, um, less uh, calorically dense uh, per, like, gram of protein, I have found. And so... Helps out with um helps out with that. But anyway.
1: That makes sense. Well, you know what though? Yeah. I feel like while you have been like skinny cunting, I have been yes. um Oh nor What's the word? Like buff girl <laughs> like footage? Buff girly. Like
0: uh-huh. um.
1: Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I'm I'm like way more ripped than I've ever been. And I'm also like maybe Ooh. I know there has to be some kind of protein intake to keep up with that but I'll send you I'll send yes. you a gym pic or something um
0: well you haven't yeah. seen me in person because you've been prancing around the country or whatever the past number of who knows we haven't seen each other in a while but I will say the way you haven't seen me in person the way that I have stayed much thinner than i used to be it's because i am weightlifting a lot uh, because i have oh. found that it is far more uh, efficient um to weightlift as far as um uh keeping your weight loss than it is to just do cardio or just starve yourself because if you ma- if you create muscle and then you try to maintain it with protein um, and you eat that uh, for, for your body to keep that muscle tissue alive. It, re- it, it requires a lot of energy. It requires a lot of calories. So basically what I'm trying to say is if you weight lift um, and then you eat, you know, you, you eat good and you eat enough protein to keep your muscle. You will usually keep your weight down uh, much more easily than trying other methods because your body is consuming so much energy trying to keep you muscly. Um, and that basically keeps you thin. It's such a weird hack, but it, I mean, that's basically how it works.
1: That makes total sense. I will say, like, I remember a time in my life where I was way more panicked about my weight. And I don't know. I just didn't... I never really thought about weightlifting. But I started weightlifting Mm -hmm. this year for several months and then also started rock climbing more recently. And I think in the sense of having more muscle or in the sense of skinny cunting, I think I'm doing both better. Um, Good. And, Yeah. yeah, I'm, like, really... I mean, I don't think your body should be like the center of your world, but it's nice being mm-hmm. like, oh, I like this, and I think I look it sh- good. It, yeah,
0: it shouldn't be, but you should keep it as as well capped uh, um, and like uh, you should maintain it as well as possible. Not even not even because of image. Like to me at this point. That's now secondary, primarily because of longevity. I Yeah, like, and like I physical work... health. Yeah. Like your
1: physical health and your mental health are very intertwined as well. But sorry, yeah.
0: Very I have found, yes, since I've been on my gym journey, very intertwined. And I work with some old people now and I'm like, oh, like I don't wanna I don't want my back to look like I don't wanna be this frail at this age. They're really like fifty or whatever, and I'm like, I should keep doing what I'm 50? doing. Like you know what I mean? Oh. Yeah.
1: No, I <laughs> yeah. I completely agree. Um so Yeah. Okay, anyway. well, <laughs> my fucking, okay. we literally hit the hour mark, Andre, what the fuck are you
0: doing? Just go, go, um, go. Give me one of your spooky stories. Um, spooky okay. time starting now. Ooh. <laughs>
1: um, this story by Blair Daniels on No Sleep on Reddit is titled Attention shoppers, please hide at the back of the store immediately. Ooh. Okay. Mm-hmm. Attention shoppers, came a male voice over the intercom. Please move to the back of the store immediately the back of the store I whispered to Daniel Don't they mean the front of the store to pay for our stuff It was 8:50 p.m. 10 minutes till closing time We'd brought our two kids out on this late night Walmart excursion in the hopes of burning off some energy Instead they'd just thrown tantrums for new Legos and Hot Wheels It was a disaster But apparently the disaster was just beginning Please move to the back of the store immediately the voice repeated overhead This is not a drill I glanced around, but the other shoppers were just as confused as I was. An old lady looked up at the ceiling, scrunching her face. What the hell? A dark-haired woman asked her boyfriend, pushing a cart full of garden supplies. Didn't you hear? An older man said, leaning over his cart of bottled water and canned food. We're in a tornado watch. One touchdown in Sorville." A tornado? It was definitely storming outside. I'd seen the black clouds roll in from the east earlier, but it didn't look that bad. Do not stay out in the open. I repeat, do not stay out in the open. There was a pause. Then an explosion of sound as everyone began to mobilize. Carts rolling, panicked voices, feet slapping on the floor. No, 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 no. This can't be happening. I hurried down the toy aisle, Tucker in my arms, Daniel and Jackson following me. Three zigzaggy turns and then we were in the electronics area. I glanced at the TVs on the wall and pictured the four of us crushed underneath them. "'Stay away from the windows and doors,' the voice continued on the loudspeaker, "'and do not attempt to exit the store.'" "'Is this—is it safe here?' Daniel shook his head. "'Big open areas aren't good. I'm going to check in back, see if there's a break room or something. You stay here, okay?' I nodded. Arms shaking, I sat down on the ground between two shelves of video games. Tucker sucked on a bottle in my arms while Jackson began to giggle. "'Is the tornado going to hit the store, and everything will fly around real fast?' He asked with a big, stupid grin on his face. I don't know. A tornado. A real-life tornado like you see in the movies plowing through our town. It was so unfathomable. We were New York natives transplanted here to Indiana only six months ago. I'd never been in a tornado watch my entire life. Daniel jogged back into view. Everything's locked up, he said, as he joined me on the floor. But listen, Fairview's a big town. The chances that it'll hit this Walmart, I think we'll be okay. I never should have brought us here. You didn't know. None of us did. He wrapped his arm around me. They should have warned us, like an emergency alert on our phones or a tornado siren or something. The voice overhead rang out again through the store. Do not stay out in the open. Do not make yourself visible. That includes security cameras. Please move to a spot that is not visible to any cameras. I frowned. What does that have to do with tornadoes? A feeling of unease in the pit of my stomach. I glanced up and saw several black globes descending from the ceiling, hiding the cameras within. I guess we should listen to them and get out of sight, I whispered. I grabbed Jackson's hand, Daniel picked up Tucker, and we jogged out into the center aisle. The the store was an eerie sight, abandoned shopping carts, askew in the aisle, full of everything from pies to batteries to plants. Footsteps echoed around the store from people unseen as they found their new hiding places. We dodged a shopping cart full of soda, ran through kitchenwares, and then stopped in the Easter decoration aisle. There was a camera in the central corridor, but as long as we stayed in the middle of the Easter aisle, we'd be invisible. The four of us crouched on the floor next to some demented-looking Easter bunnies. I'm hungry, Jackson whined. Shh! Mommy! I grabbed a bag of colorful chocolate eggs and ripped it open. Here, candy, happy? I whispered, thrusting them into his hands. Then I leaned back against the middle shelves, panting. But I didn't have long to rest. A mechanical whine overhead, and then the voice came through the speakers again. Keep away from aisles with food. If you have food with you, leave it and move to a new hiding place. If you have any open wounds, cover them with clothing. What the fuck? That had nothing to do with keeping safe in a tornado. We should make a run for it, Daniel whispered to me, starting to stand. But the tornado. I don't think there is a tornado. Listen, do you hear any wind? I listened. But all I heard was silence. No howling wind, no shaking ground, no projectiles clinging it. At- clinging against the metal roof maybe maybe it's still coming i know what they're saying doesn't make sense but to go outside we need to get out of here now he grabbed jackson's hand as he held tucker in his arms come on daniel i don't think that's a good idea i whispered but the next words from the intercom changed my mind assume a fetal position and place your hands on your head close your eyes and do not open them for any reason let's go We broke into a sprint and ran down the central aisle. Cameras be damned. The front door appeared in front of us, a little black rectangle looming in the distance. And as we got closer, I saw Daniel was right. There was a tree at the border of the parking lot under a street lamp. It was perfectly still. We continued running past the clothing area, past the snacks lined up at the checkout lines. I ran towards the sliding glass doors as fast as my legs would carry me. Almost there, almost there, almost. The doors didn't open. No, 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 no! Daniel slammed his body against the door. It rattled underneath him. I tried to squeeze my fingers into the gap between them to try and pull them apart. They didn't budge. They they locked us in, I whispered. I want to go home, Jackson said. Tucker was beginning to fuss too, making little noises like he was about to start full-on wailing. I turned around, and that's when I saw him. A Walmart employee. He was sitting on the ground at the end of one of the checkout aisles, facing away from us, wearing the familiar blue vest with a golden starburst. Hey, let us out! He didn't reply. Did you hear me? I don't care if there's a fucking tornado. Unlock the door and let us out. Again, he said nothing. But in the silence, I could hear something. A wet, smacking sound. I stared at the man, slightly hunched over, still facing away from me. Was he eating something? The speaker overhead crackled to life. Attention! Please do not talk to any Walmart employees. My blood ran cold. The smacking sound stopped, and then, slowly, the man began to stand. He placed his palms on the conveyor belt and pushed up, and I could see that they were stained with blood. I backed away, but my legs felt like they were moving through a vat of honey. No, no. Fingers locked around my arm and yanked. Come on, Daniel shouted. I sprinted after him deeper into the store. Tucker stared at me over his shoulder, and Jackson ran as fast as his little feet would take him. I was vaguely aware of the slap 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 sound behind me, but I didn't dare look back. Daniel ran into the clothing area and I swayed, dodging circular racks of t-shirts and wooden displays of baby clothes. He skidded to a stop and ducked into the dressing room area. In here, he whispered, motioning at one of the rooms. We piled inside and locked the door. Daddy, Jackson started. You listen to me very carefully, I said, crouching to his level. You have to be absolutely silent. Do not say a word, okay? Jackson looked at me, then Daniel, and then he nodded and sat down on the floor. I'm going to try to call 911, Daniel whispered, transferring Tucker to me and pulling out his phone. He tapped at the screen, then frowned. What? We don't, we don't seem to have any service. I don't... Thump. I grabbed Jackson and pulled him away from the door. The four of us huddled in the corner. I held my breath. Thump. Under the gap of the, re- of the dressing room door, men's feet in black shoes. They slowly took a step forward deeper into the dressing room. "'Don't move,' I whispered, holding Jackson. "'The man took another step. "'Don't make a sound. Don't move. Don't—' "'Tucker let out a soft cry. "'The man stopped. His feet turned, pointing at us. "'Tucker let out another cry, louder this time. "'My nails dug into Daniel's hand. "'A hand appeared. "'It slowly pressed against the floor, stained with blood, "'and then his knees appeared.' as he lowered himself down to the gap. No. Could he fit under? The gap wasn't small. It was like the stall door to a bathroom. If he flattened himself against the floor, there was a chance he could fit under. I watched in horror as his stomach came into view, his blue Walmart vest as he lowered his body to the floor. Then he pushed his arm under the gap and blindly swept it across the floor, as if feeling for us. This is it. We're gonna die and then he lowered his head his face god there was something horribly wrong with his face he smiled up at us with a smile that was impossibly wide showing off blood-stained teeth his skin was so pale it was nearly blue and his eyes they were milky white without pupils or irises i opened my mouth to scream attention shoppers the voice began overhead Please make your way to the front of the store and make your final purchases. We will be closing in ten minutes. What? And then, before I could react, something unseen jerked the man out of view. A strange dragging sound followed, as if someone was dragging his body out of the dressing room area. I stared at the door, shaking, as Tucker's cries rang in my ears. But he didn't come back. And within ten minutes, the usual hubbub of Walmart returned. Voices, footsteps, shopping cartwheels rolling along the floor, Shaking, I finally got up and unlocked the door. The store looked completely normal. People were lined up at the cash registers, placing their goods on the conveyor belts. Employees were scanning tags, printing receipts. People walked towards the glass doors, and when they did, they slid open. As we slowly walked towards the exit, I spotted the older man who'd warned us about the tornado earlier. "'What... what was that?' I asked, unable to keep my voice from shaking. He shrugged. "'I guess the tornado missed us. What a miracle, huh?' Giving us a smile, He disappeared out the glass doors and into the night. That's it.
0: Okay.
1: uh,
0: That's pretty good. I was very enthralled. But, okay. What the fuck was the... Okay. What the fuck was the thing that was smiling? Also, was this some kind of alternate dimension they entered but only for a number of minutes while that event took place and then somehow like got magically taken out of before the thing could hurt them right, you know what my up? theory
1: is this was written by an angry walmart employee who's like <laughs> every time the 10 minutes goes off people are there with their fucking kids starting a walmart trip <laughs> like what are you doing and they're like, this is what should happen to the people who are actively shopping with 10 minutes left before closing time. <laughs>
0: he said, let me freak um, them the fuck out. Maybe they'll leave.
1: No, literally, because the main character was kind of hateable. I don't know if you noticed, but the time where... Wait, hold on. Okay, my ear did a little thing. The time where she was running, and then she's like, yeah, my child is running behind me. I hear the tap, tap, tap of his feet, but like, can hardly think about that. It's like, mm-hmm. girl, what? How are you not behind your <laughs> child right now? Like, what know, the fuck? I know, I um, know. <laughs> Yeah, so I thought that was pretty funny. The characters felt very hateable, and I was like, maybe this is just, like, karmic, you know? Like, maybe this was just meant to be for this family.
0: That was um, spooky. I loved it. For some reason, while you were reading it, I just could not picture myself in a Walmart. I pictured myself in a Ross. Uh, <laughs> Stop! Yeah, I no, not the dress for less
1: calling your name. Like, <laughs> yes. so funny.
0: Yes, yes.
1: <laughs>
0: um thank you for sharing sunny that was actually mm-hmm. um certifiably spooky i would say yes
1: hell yeah okay
0: um let's see if i can top that um uh, i i don't know your your, sto- your story was pretty good call it an ugly twink the way it cannot be topped um <laughs> uh, I, I definitely stole that from <laughs> uh from tiktok but this one's called I'm a low-level U.S. government employee. I just saw something I wasn't supposed to see. This is mm-hmm. um, by um, posted by World Away Tweety on No Sleep. This is where Sunny and I basically get all of our stories, I'm pretty sure. Um, uh, it's the new creepypasta, the No Sleep pasta. So yeah. the story goes, you know that meme about how presidents and governors, after getting elected, look super shell-shocked and stressed the next time they make a public appearance? Like... The first thing that happens after you come into power is that you're pulled into a room and told all of the secrets of the world? Well, turns out it's true. As a matter of fact, it's a VHS tape. The quote-unquote four-hour tape was always a bit of an urban legend at the office. I'll be keeping the details of my role in government very, very vague, but to be absolutely clear, I am very low-level. My role is caked between layers of bureaucracy, and in the grand scheme of things, it's a pretty inconsequential role. Uh, now, when you're looking, when you're working at my level, you're generally not privy to any high-level secrets. Yes, top-secret meetings did occasionally happen in our building, but my focus is pretty limited and heavily administrative. So you do what any other department does when you're in the bottom rung of the hierarchy: you discuss rumors, rumblings crazy conspiracy theories, and everything in between. It's water cooler conversation for us, basically. Man, I wonder what the folks at the top are doing right now. That kind of stuff. Out of all of the rumors that flutter around the office, that quote-unquote four-hour tape was always the one I found the most fascinating. The crux of it, once you reach the highest clearance level, you are sat down and show this tape. None of us knew what the contents of the tape were, or if a tape like this even actually existed, but it was fun to speculate about it every now and then. Most of the time, we found with our little rumors and conspiracy theories that the most mundane answer was usually the correct one. Life in general finds a way to surprise us with how boring everything can be. This man really said Occam's razor, basically. (laughs) Now, there's something you should know about me before I continue. I'm a wimp. I'm meek, anxious, and generally restless. Wait, low-level government employee and a wimp? Did I write this? No. I'm a chronic rule follower. There is no part of me that wants to dig up secret documents and uncover, quote-unquote, the truth about what happens at the highest levels of government in our country. Okay, I did not write this. So when I discussed the events of four nights ago, please be mindful of that. I didn't ask for this. And I'm only sharing because I don't know how much time I have left anyway. And I can't live with this stuck in my conscience, alone. It was nighttime at the office. I'm known to be a bit of a chronic workaholic, definitely didn't write this, and there was something I really wanted to get done before the week was over, so I was working later than usual. I went to print a document on what I thought was the printer in my immediate vicinity. The notification on my computer showed that my document was being printed, but I didn't hear any noise or paper coming out from my local printer. I checked the name of the device I selected, and it looked like I'd accidentally clicked on a printer that was being used on another floor. I sighed. In any normal circumstances, I probably would have just forgotten about that mistake and reprinted the documents on my local printer again. But our general management here is quite stringent on us making sure that all confidential documents are accounted for. We are not allowed to share department-specific documentation to other departments. Fuck it, I thought. I looked up a map in my inbox showing the locations of all the company printers. Turns out, I had accidentally clicked on the printer named Prince Charming on the seventh floor. Ha, funny name, off I went. I really should have just let it be. I got to the elevator and rode it up to the seventh floor. I emerged onto the mostly empty office area. In case you were wondering, the building I work in is huge, but I'd worked there long enough to know my way around it, so I knew the area surrounding the printer relatively well. I made my way through the hallways and eventually spotted the printer with my freshly printed papers minting it. I gave myself a mental pat on the back for continuing my lifelong streak of following the rules. As I went to grab the papers, I noticed some light busts in a meeting room nearby. I looked through the window to see roughly 10 people hanging out around a snack table. In the room was a large old-looking TV on a cart and rows of some of the fanciest folding chairs i would ever seen organized in a neat fashion. I didn't think too much of it and started walking off until I heard the door open. Hey, Mr. Boskowitz, right? Jesus, man, we were supposed to start 15 minutes ago. Get in here. I, um, what? No, sorry, I think you have the wrong... I don't care why you're late. Just get in here. Grab a plate of snacks and sit down. We're starting soon. Put your phone in the bag, electronic watch in the bag, and anything else on your person that can be used to record audio or video in the bag, he responded hastily. Something about his sternness and tone short-circuited my brain. For guys like me, there is a third option beyond fight or flight. It's called the "just go with it" until it's over. Also, actually, known as too the...
1: much of a beta for this. Sorry. Okay.
0: <laughs> Basically, also known as the capture rabbit strategy. I put my phone and my watch in the bag. I meekly tried to butt in with another, "Sir, I'm not Mr. Boskowitz," but... but he already had pulled me into the room at this point. He closed the door and walked to the front by the TV. I thought about making a break for it, but I decided to just see it through at this point, hoping deep down that whatever was happening was as inconsequential as my job was. Everyone had their snack plates and were heading to their seats. I awkwardly grabbed a muffin from the snack table, put it on a napkin, and took a seat in the very back row. Everyone was spaced out from each other. It didn't seem like any of these folks knew one another. I quietly sighed at the thought of having to sit through some sort of boring informational seminar or irrelevant training session. After a few minutes of everyone settling in, the men who origin- originally brought me in into the room started talking. There was an equally serious guy standing next to him and a Secret Service looking fella standing in the corner. Huh, I started wondering to myself why we are going to watch a video of a very old looking TV. Felt like we were all back in elementary school or something. All right, I just need to do a final run through before we get started, the man at the front said. I know you all read through the emails and signed your releases. I just want to recap some ground rules. You're allowed to get up and grab another snack. But beyond that, we want you to pay full attention to the tape once it starts playing. If any of you need to go to the bathroom, we strongly urge you. I don't know why this man is gay. We strongly urge you to wait until the presentation is over, Diva. If you absolutely have to go, we will pause the tape and one of us will escort you. Oh, Kurt, there's water in the corner by the snacks. Cups are right there as well. And uh, goes without saying, but any discussion of this presentation to folks who do not have the top compartmented clearance is a breach of your terms of employment, a breach of your non-disclosure agreement, a breach of your multiple sign releases, a breach of the U.S. criminal code in the state of redacted, and a breach of the conditions laid out by the Committee for the Protection and Preservation of Human Consciousness. They started dimming the lights. Fuck. I felt like I had missed any window of opportunity I had to leave. Too late. That committee name he highlighted sounded way above my clearance level. One of the men at the front of the room pulled out a VHS tape from a bag and very slowly and securely put it into a VHS player. He pressed play. I took a deep breath. Those water cooler conversations I'd had with my coworkers were starting to float to the top of my mind. But I quelled them. There was probably no need for panic. It was just a stupid government meeting, right? The tape started. The beginning was familiar enough. Various disclaimers about this being incredibly confidential material, yada, yada, yada. Insignias of relevant organizations. Presidential libraries, etc. I've seen lots of videos like this already. But wait, that insignia looked strange. Like something was off. I scanned it. Presidential libraries, that same eagle, those same stars weird. This time, there was a navy blue hand on the left shoulder of the eagle. Did they update the logo? Before I had time to ruminate on it too much, the tape cut to a logo I had actually never seen before. Committee for the Protection and Preservation of Human Consciousness. The logo was just an image of planet Earth. Fair enough. The video cut to a room that looked similar to the Congress floor, but with some strange differences. Seats were much more spaced out, The podium looked like it had seen better days, and the whole room looked to be on a pretty steep incline. Everything was in black and white. It looked like there were about 50 people in attendance. It was hard to make out the faces. Everything looked very dated, like the video was from the 40s or 50s. The tape lingered on this one shot for quite a while. Minutes passed, actually. I noticed what looked to be a choir, all in outfit and perfectly huddled next to each other, standing in one of the corners of the room. It really felt like I shouldn't have been seeing this. None of this was meant for my eyes. After a few more minutes, the tape abruptly cut to an awkward angle video of a man speaking at the podium in the room. It was too zoomed in, enough that you couldn't see his eyes or his hair. It didn't look all that professional. I couldn't tell who he was. He spoke. Members of the Committee for the Protection and Preservation of Human Consciousness. I thank you all for coming tonight. We are lucky to be in the good graces of our visitors today. Without rehashing our painful history, the tape cut to a camera slowly panning over all of the faces of the folks seated in the room. The attendees looked pained, somber. The man continued his speech as the camera continued panning over the committee. We can acknowledge that the journey to this moment has been an arduous one. I am pleased to say that humanity, faced with a dire ultimatum, has come to a majority decision. To our esteemed guests from across the solar system, we are thankful for the opportunity you have given us to negotiate with you. I felt adrenaline. Fuck. We had made contact with the extraterrestrial life. This was the truth. Maybe like the saying went, the truth would set me free. Before I outline the decision taken by humanity, I want to, from the bottom of my heart, thank the brilliant representatives from all the nations of the world, who came together to ensure that this decision was taken with utmost responsibility, care, and appreciation for our human species. I am aware that this was not a unanimous decision. Shit, what did that mean? I felt the sweat on my brow. I felt nausea coming in. I awkwardly and slowly took a bite of the muffin. The tape turned to a now-corrected angle of the speaker at the podium. His eyes were visible. They looked strained, like they'd seen multiple versions of Hell. To the nations who still disagree, he continued, I thank you nonetheless for accepting the majority decision. May this moment, which will be held in secrecy throughout the rest of time, be appreciated as a critical milestone for human civilization. Tonight is not a victory, it is a somber moment. However, we were faced with two options, extinction or accepting the agreement. We made our choice and I believe time will show that this was the right decision. What the fuck was this? I hereby announce that we accept the agreement provided by our special guests, who have chosen to go by the name Redacted. The intergalactic species, known as Redacted, will allow humanity on planet Earth to continue to populate, grow, and innovate. In return, all governments of the world will honor the promise. He needed to spit this shit out. What the fuck was this agreement? We will not be covering every element of the agreement in this session. I will, however, highlight the main points. At this point, the video showed the man at the podium looking down. He was reading off of something. For the first time, he looked nervous, scared. I saw some humanity in him. We honor the agreement that Redacted hold the right to visit planet Earth on a recurring basis, They will be allowed to consume, for the basis of nourishment, a majority of the human population on planet Earth. After every visit, the remaining humans on Earth will be expected to breed and grow to capacity in time for the next visit. We acknowledge that we will maintain a parallel history which will be shared with our world's population to ensure that humanity stays motivated to continue existing as a species. This parallel history may suggest that mass extinction events are the results of man-made folly, as opposed to the work of external forces. For the first time, my fight-or-flight response was actually flight. I wanted to escape, but I didn't know what I'd even be running from. The last visit by Redacted was approximately in the year 1346, and it lasted seven years, We will continue to honor our parallel history about this event. I just wanted it to end. The next visit, which will not be met with resistance, will be in the year 2028, and will run for one full calendar year on Earth, marking a 675-year gap between the last significant visit by the species, known as Redacted. This visiting cadence is suspected to speed up over time, as the remaining humans continue to sharpen their focus on building technology to allow humanity to reproduce in a speedy and productive manner. Jesus Christ, our planet is a fucking farm? I wanted to look away, but I couldn't. The tape cut away to a larger view of the Congress-like room, the somber committee members in attendance, and the members of the choir in the corner, who I could only imagine, looked horrified. Where were the visitors? Why couldn't I see them? The camera then panned to a number of larger empty seats, the same slow style of video panning as the one that happened earlier with the committee members. No visible entities in the seats, but the seats themselves look blurry. The man at the podium, carried on with his speech as the camera pan on those blurry seats, continued. We should acknowledge the privilege of knowing that there is indeed life in the cosmos that extraterrestrial life has chosen to visit our planet and that the cycle and balance provided by nature extends beyond the confines of planet earth much like humanity has found its place on earth in the food chain we acknowledge our place in the divine order of things when encountered with beings of greater power understanding cognitive function and evolutionary progression fucking hell i shouldn't have stayed late at work i should have made my identity clear from the very beginning I knew I wasn't supposed you to. You think? This <laughs> and while. Fuck. It really looked like the speaker was about to cry. While the process of consumption is a painful and lengthy one, we respect the trade off that comes with the preservation of our species. We also acknowledge, as part of the promise, that substitutes for human life in the form of clones, should we discover that technology in the future, or other living species, will never function as viable alternatives for nourishment," the speaker continued. I didn't need to know this. This whole thing was way too specific for me. Our final major acknowledgement as part of this agreement is that we accept Redacted as the Great Almighty, as the entities we will now refer to as God. God as an interstellar species has revealed itself to us and thus The continued existence of redacted is now the true priority of the people of our planet we are blessed to play a part in the continuation of god in god we trust amen the tape then cut to footage of the choir as the speaker continued we bless our visitors with this gift a performance of the national anthems of all major nations of the world will now commence audio of a very loud backing track of the Star Spangled Banner started playing from the video as my stomach sank. The tape showed footage of the choir singing on top of the track. Not sure if it was because they were scared for their lives, but I could really tell they were singing their hearts out. As they sang, the camera continued to pan over the blurry seats. They finished singing the anthem, and suddenly, fast-forwarding. Fucking hell, I'd forgotten I was sitting in a room. I had disengaged from the video for a brief moment. I had mentally returned to the present day. This was our world. This was our fucking lives. The men of the front continued fast forwarding through the tape, and it looked like they were skipping through performances of the other national anthems. The fast forwarding went on for a while. Every small while, it looked like a new choir group was entering the congress-like room to sing a different national anthem. On and on the tape went. I had to fight the urge to pass out. One of the men at the front of our room, standing next to the TV, started speaking up. We were legally obligated to get to the end of the state, but you don't need to look at the rest of it. Free, please feel free to look down, or close your eyes, or grab a snack, he said. I noticed the others seated in the room were taking that advice. Most of them decided to look straight down. For some weird reason, I couldn't look away. The fast-forwarding progressed. On the tape, it was yet another choir group joining to perform an anthem, and then another, and then another. It looked like we were near the end. The fast-forwarding now showed a conversation between the man at the podium and another man who was whispering in his ear. The man at the podium was vehemently shaking his head. The other man continued whispering. This continued on. Eventually, there was a quick moment of the man at the podium begrudgingly nodding. The last few fast-forwarded moments of the tape remain burnt in my memory to this very moment. They were pandemonium. The attendees were sitting in their chairs, frozen, shivering, crying. The people in the various choirs were running around the rooms in fast motion as blurry spots started covering them and ungodly things started happening to them. Fuck. Why didn't I look away? If ever there was a time to fucking follow orders, it felt like the whole thing went on for longer than it should have. Finally, the men at the front of a room stopped the fast-forwarding. They pressed play on the tape to cover the very final moment. In the tape, the man at the podium, clearly emotional, spoke his final line. The agreement has been ratified by Redacted. Thank you all for attending. The final shot of the video is the full room. The committee members in their seats shivering and crying the dismantled and bloodied choir members strewn about the room the blurry seats with blood smeared on them The video then cut away back to that same insignia on a black backdrop the presidential libraries that eagle those stars the navy blue hand on the wing of the eagle the lights in her room turned on the rest of the night was a blur The man at the front of the room told us it was best for us to sit for an hour to digest the information. No discussion about the video was allowed to take place. When we were ready to stand, we were allowed to leave and go home. They gave us some pointers on how to quote unquote accept the information over the coming weeks. Things like taking long walks, exercising, watching a sitcom, etc. I wasn't worried about them realizing that I wasn't supposed to be there. If anything, I felt a strange camaraderie with everyone in the room. We were all truly in the same boat. As soon as I left the building and got in my car, I just drove for as long as I could. I would stop for gas, then I'd keep driving. I'd stop again, then I'd keep driving. Again and again. I'm holed up in a hotel now. I'm just glad I could get this off my chest. The funny thing is, all I can think about is the length of that stupid tape. Well, I can't confirm, I feel like if it were played straight through without fast-forwarding, it would have only been three hours. I wonder if the quote-unquote four-hour tape rumor came from the fact that we all needed that extra hour to digest the information. And now, you're probably wondering, why don't I name the species that is going to spell humanity's doom throughout the rest of time? Why am I calling them redacted? Well, as a self-appointed leader of the committee for the acknowledgement that we should have just chosen extinction, I don't feel the need to honor our captors by calling them by their name. If I don't see you again, Reddit, I appreciate the water cooler conversation. The end.
1: Wow. (laughs) That one was heavy. Oh my gosh.
0: It it was, but I love that he's like a little bit cantina about it. He's like, yeah. um, as the self-appointed leader of the Committee for the Acknowledgement that we should have just chosen Extinction. <laughs> and I'm not going to say their names. Um,
1: Damn, that's so true. It's... Sassy man alert.
0: <laughs> I know. <laughs> but um, I, I just, I love this one. And this is really, um, especially now at, at the mark we're at, really the only one I cared about reading. And I knew it was long, but it was also my favorite. Um, yeah, thoughts?
1: Um, I hope he survives. Like, you know, <laughs> well, is the government going to be out to kill him now? I know. Um, um,
0: yeah. Does it matter if we're going <laughs> to die in 2028 anyway?
1: <laughs> yeah. Honestly, like, what a good plot for a story. Um, I yeah.
0: I know. And you know I love me some aliens. So um, it's interesting. Okay. So this is why I like the story. Because. Um, oh, like, fuck it. Like, personally, I am. I'm really drawn to the to this idea that American Horror Story um, last, like last year's season, I don't know if it was season 11 or what, season 10, that this idea that they covered in the first half of, the, of their season that was that um, uh, Eisenhower made a deal with aliens back in the 50s, sorry, back in the late 40s, um, uh, that he would allow alien abductions in exchange for technological advancements Given to us from the aliens that we could reverse engineer in order to create our own technologies, i.e., microwaves and better TVs and blah 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 blah, uh, and also uh, in order to avoid um, them trying to like colonize slash annihilate, annihilate us instead he was like like please don't kill us all we'll just like give you some of us to experiment on so that you can figure out how to create human alien hybrids and that way your species who you are scared is going to go extinct will not go extinct and you can you guys can like live in our planet like make your own hybrid baby so your species can live on and like that's what they need uh abductees for and of course that like kind of ties That that really connects a lot of dots as far as like, why do people get abducted at all? Why is it that when people get abducted, their testimonials are all about being prodded and like sperm or eggs taken out? Like, why does honestly that thing makes a lot of sense? The show covered it, but the show actually got it from a book called, I think, Beyond the Pale Horse, um, who was written by this woman who claims to have worked in really high places in the government. I believe, like, the CIA. I need to double check this, but this woman, uh, uh, you know whether or not what she purports is true she's certainly uh you know she, she certainly believes it's true and she she is saying that what she's writing is true the problem is that like you know we can't fucking find her anywhere but she wrote a whole book about the supposed deal between eisenhower and the aliens and how he allows them to experiment on humans um because the outcome the alternative would be worse for us so this is similar to that and i loved it because like i don't know I kind of believe that. Like, it certainly would explain why the abductions happened, wouldn't it? And personally, I do believe they happen to real people, for real. So, it it, it like it ties that it ties the knot for me. I think that's why I like that theory.
1: Mm. Have you read um the Three Body Problem?
0: I have not.
1: It's sci-fi, but I think you might enjoy it. It's a very interesting mix of like, I don't know science jargon but also with like a pretty fast paced or fast paced interesting plot um Hmm. but yeah
0: okay i'm looking it up right now i will check it out later all right well um thank you for the book recommendation i'm gonna be sure to check that out at least a little summary of it or something um but uh thank you for your story as well i really really liked it
1: oh same here thank you and it was really nice to catch up and hear your voice
0: it was um i haven't known absolutely anything about your existence since we last did a halloween campfire episode um which was uh, either two years ago or never ago so you know i look forward to speaking to you again in one year
1: <laughs> stop okay <laughs> sounds good see you yeah, anyway <laughs>
0: um uh thank you everyone for listening um this uh podcast is very much uh Dead, but also we—it's just—it's just kind of a fun labor of love for us. So I mentioned—I mentioned it's dead because I don't want to be like, message us and tell us what you want to hear about next. Like we're not doing that. Yeah. <laughs> but But um, we know that there's still a number of you who. Uh, always petition us to come back and you know be on here with you guys make a fun episode for you that's what we wanted to do here tonight i hope we achieved it we wanted to make it special for halloween so i hope beyond the one hour of rambling that you found this episode fun thank you so much for listening thank you for that support that you always give us and continue to give us um and uh yeah no big meals before bedtime and you know fuck off love you all uh, so yeah, couldn't have said coming. it better.
1: Fuck off. Yeah. Love you all. <laughs> all
0: right. Uh, good night. Bye. Good night.